And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. In today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I talk about the Sixers' dominant 132-103 win over the Washington Wizards to take a 3-0 series lead. We talk about what to look for as the Sixers play out the string of the rest of the first round, and we then take a brief look ahead to what the rest of the playoff run might have in store for the Sixers. If you're not already an Athletic subscriber, head on over to theathletic.com slash Sixersbeat where you can get a discounted offer on a yearly subscription. Enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by... This is not a... Joined by Rich Hoffman on the Sixers Beat, a part of the Athletics Podcast Network. Rich, it was another not competitive game. A 132 to 103 win over the Washington Wizards, who take a 3 0 series lead, in which the Wizards led by uh, two points was their maximum lead. I think they led by about three minutes total, um, not even uh, portions of three minutes, we'll call it. Uh, and the Sixers blew the doors off of them in the second half. Uh, how you doing? I'm great. I, I just want to let our listeners know. That that snore was not a sound effect that you spliced in afterwards. That was no. off the cuff, improvised, and and yeah. welcome to the playoffs, baby. <laughs> well, we we joke. We spent a month and a half saying, "Man, I can't wait until the playoffs get here," and we have real, legitimate, high quality, competitive basketball to watch and to analyze and obsess over and have the ups and downs of a playoffs. There hasn't been any downs. Like the first half of Game One, they were not great. That's it. Let's let, let's get this off the top. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast is delighted today. A three nothing series lead, a hundred percent. I look, you should be delighted. They're playing delighted. fantastic basketball. It's, it's it's high stakes, but without any real concern. Like this is perfect. But my job is to analyze the game. To it's just boring. Which yeah. boring is okay. Boring, you know, saves you stress on your heart. Like I get all that. But from a, a a job, which none of you listen to care about, but from a job perspective, it has not been the most entertaining or exciting or interesting first round because that team that they're playing stinks. They stink. They, they really do stink, man. They, and look, part of it is the Sixers look very much like your run-of-the-mill one seed, like which is to say a very good team. And I thought that performance in Washington last night, they got a bad team that was not playing at their most attentive, I would say. And they they put them out of their misery, you know, and they're probably going to put them out of their misery tomorrow night in game four because there were a lot of one, two, three Cancun vibes going on with that team. I mean, some of the defensive transition from Washington early in the game, like, yeah. I mean, how many times are you just going to let Danny Green walk into a wide open three? Well, that's what, that's and what he loves. You, you brought up in the third quarter when Joel Embiid missed the dunk and like, 
a couple seconds later, they're giving up the exact same play. It's unbelievable. Chance. Like, you can't bite on that again. It's amazing. He, they stink. So he backrims a wide open dunk off a uh, off a pick and pop from Curry. And as he's getting jeered and booed, because like, again, that's the one thing Joel is not great at lifting his body in traffic. Like that's not, not his best thing. So he back rims the dunk. And as he's walking down the floor, he starts egging the crowd on like, boo me some more. I want to hear more of this stuff. It was almost like he knew sooner rather than later. I am going to get that same exact thing. And it took two possessions. There was one where they got a wide open corner three that they made. And then on the next possession after that, he gets the same exact thing where he, he pump fakes Daniel Gafford because Bertans is like 30 feet behind Curry on a cut and, and Gafford is jumping like crazy and he gets the same play and one dunk. I mean, yeah, the uh, talk about a, a guy who can't move his feet. He stinks. I'm sorry. That's going to be like my theme of the podcast. Uh, he cannot move his feet at all. Like I am definitely quicker than Bertans and I'm not a professional athlete. This is going to be a callback to uh to the OGs when we when we at least when I started kind of kind of doing this kind of the early Sixers Liberty Ballers depressed fan days he looks like Nocioni to me okay, okay. just cement feet he just ugh. it uh did you see the play by the way where I think Simmons screened him at, or yeah I think he set a screen or he, he was playing defense and he kind of kind of bumped him off a screen he sent Bertans no no call by the way the three-point line sent him like the matrix flying back to the uh <laughs> the half court line yeah I mean they're just they're just not very good. It's uh, and and it's you know last night was the. It was the night where they shot the ball at a crazy high percentage, probably better than they will, but but it also that game was coming because the Wizards' defense has been that bad the entire series. Well, they shot the ball really well, and what what they ended up shooting from three, like fifty 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 one and a half percent, seventeen for thirty three. Yeah, and the starters were thirteen of twenty two from three, so but that's ever look- everybody but them. If you give them those those same shots again, will they make fifty two percent of them? Probably not. That being said, those were like when you have when you're watching if you're a Wizards fan watching the game on ESPN and Vince Carter repeatedly says that's a warm up shot, that's a warm up shot. Like he must have said that five or six times through the course of the game. When you get shots like that, you're you're gonna make a good chunk of them. Like those were there's some games where like. Seth Curry or J.J. Redick back in the day would come off of a screen at a million miles an hour and make a really tough contested three at high speed. These were not those threes, Rich. No. These were easy threes that, again, you probably could have shot 40% on and you are not an NBA caliber athlete. Yeah, they just, I mean, these were open shots. And I think, uh, you know, you, you get Embiid hitting those pick and pop jumpers. Again, those are available to him at all times. But man, some of those threes for Curry and Green, they're just so easy. And... Yeah, I, there's really nothing to say. They um the the starting lineup, two stats on them. They have outscored the Wizards by 53 points in 54 minutes, I believe it is. And by the way, I think they've played bad defense for a lot of that. <laughs> that schedule. They have a 150.4 offensive rating <laughs> through three games. What is that? <laughs> And so, like Brooks goes and he makes change. And then we talked to Fred Katz a couple days ago and he's like, well, they, they got to change something. I don't think Bertans in the starting line, when, when you already can't defend the Sixers starting lineup, bringing Bertans in is not probably going to be the solution. And Bertans ended up shooting two for six from the field, one for five from three. He had Curry on him and he didn't even really do anything with it. You know, I think he got him on one three where he just shot over him. But like, you got to do way more than that to justify 
freaking 32 minutes or whatever he played. Um, what is his yeah. contract, by the way? It's like oh, 80 million. Yeah, I think it's four years, 80, right? Yeah, four or five, 80. My God. I mean, do you remember the, the game in Washington last year where oh, he, he was, was unguardable? He was unguardable. And now he is guarded by Seth Curry, and it's the Sixers feel completely confident doing so because, I mean, it is a fair point. Like, he can shoot over Curry, but that's all he can do. And he really can't free himself that easily. I mean, he looks like very off balance running off screens. That uh for that to be the the big adjustment that Brooks has, it just goes to show that he has no Nothing adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it it is five years, eighty million dollars. Um and that was a good point because I saw I think it was Harrison Grimm, who does great work for Liberty Ballers, but he was like, Well, seeing Curry defend Bertons makes me more confident that the that the six will be able to find uh, you know, Bryn Forbes or Joe Harris to hide him on. Joe Harris moves way more than Bertans on. He's way more of a threat coming off of a screen. That is a completely different cover. This guy just pretty much stands in the corner. He'll occasionally like sidestep into a three, but he doesn't put near the pressure on a defense that Harris does. Um, Joe Harris at, will drive you too. Like, yeah. He'll, drive, he'll take you to the rim. Sure. He's more athletic. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's more skilled. It's just, this is a, a, a real easy cover for, um, for Curry, who otherwise should be, uh, like, when you're 6'10", you should be able to pick on Seth Curry. I'm pretty sure. He, Seth is feisty. He, he, he's he feisty, but he's small. He works hard, but he's small. And that that's yeah. the type of guy that, look, starting next series, I, I guess they, they have tried it a little bit this series with Beal. He's the guy that the other teams are going to pick on. That's just the way of the world in the modern NBA. And uh, they can't do it because... Stink. They stink. <laughs> and look, they're a nice, they had a nice season for them. They're maybe you could call them a nice story, I guess, with the way Westbrook came back a little bit in the second half. Like, okay, fine. But for a playoff team, for a playoff NBA team, they stink. They stink. Their defense is a trap. We were talking about this before the pod. Like, how that team finished 19th in defensive rating, I have no idea. That That's- shows you everything you need to know that this regular season was bullshit. Like, that is not a mid pack defensive team. They are terrible. This was a weird NBA where players were missing time, and that team stinks defensively. They stink. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 19th. Honestly, Scott Brooks, maybe get a coach of the year vote for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that's possible. They're so disorganized against the Sixers. It is. And, and of course, their personnel is just not very good. Well, that's the thing. You've, the one-on-one matchups, they're going to lose constantly against the Sixers. And their rotations are freaking, like you pointed out, their transition defense was Sixers-esque. And when you have a a, a top defense or a, a second-ranked defense in the half court like the Sixers do, 
maybe you can get certainly against Wizards, you can get away with that. We'll see if they can get away with that against some tough competition. When your half court defense stinks too, you can't be disorganized in transition. And look, you can see why they they're a team that has a real strength in how they push the ball yeah. and how Beal moves off the screens and how, you know, Westbrook, if you can get him going downhill, like that you can understand how that could be a tough team to guard at times. They can have these explosive offensive nights, but they're just so lacking in so many other uh, areas that, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I, I think we, we thought that this was going to be the hardest of the, the play-in matchups, and you know right. what? Of the, of the four teams, the and going over the teams again, it was what? Charlotte, Indy, uh, and Boston without Jalen Brown. Yeah, we, I think what we said was they should win any of those series in four or five, but of those four easy series, this was the maybe the scariest. Which maybe I mean to be fair, maybe they ki- maybe they kill the rest of those teams too. Oh, well, they definitely kill Indy and uh, Charlotte. And Charlotte would have been a joke, but yeah, yeah, it just goes to show that uh, there was no need to uh, <laughs> I, <you laughs> to be worried I, about I, this because like I don't I don't watch Washington day in and day out. Like I have better things to do with my life. So you look at it and you're like, all right, they went 17 and six to end the regular season. They had a mid pack defense. Bradley Beal is scary and his Torsha Sixers. Like, yeah, they should still win in four or five, but like you could see where things could go wrong and that maybe this would be a five or six game series. No, that defense is way worse than I like. I didn't think they're, I think if you go back, I think we said like, I don't think they're that good of a defense. Like, I think they're probably worse than 19th, but they're far worse than 19th. Like, this defense stinks. We, we should have revised our predictions. I mean, I think we both said five before the series and hey, maybe. To be clear, I said five because I said I feel guilty about predicting a sweep. Oh, that's such a cop out. You said five. But that's what I said. Yeah, all right, you're fine, fine. I'll I'll take five. I'll take five. Predict an actual sweep next time. <laughs> and then you get the credit. But you know, I just thought Washington would have a a game where they shot it well and kind of the they, they pushed the ball down the Sixers' throat. And frankly, game one was that game, and they did yeah. not win that game. So it's looking looking like for I I mean frankly like they don't strike me as a team that's gonna rally back no. and, and win one I I don't know they just don't have the it's really not even about trying hard it's just like they they don't have the organization on that on the defensive end of the court to no there's there's not an attention to detail to figure it out yeah well and speaking of attention to detail so they did try something a little bit different last night so let's not say that. Scott Brooks and I get like Mike Longabardi, I think is their assistant coach. He's been with the Cavs for a a long time. They they tried something different last night. It didn't work, but they did try something different. And that was, all right, we doubled the hell out of Joel Embiid in the first two games. And especially in the second game, Ben Simmons killed us in the first game. Tobias Harris killed us. Um, They made some threes. So we're going to play a little more single coverage on him. It wasn't every single time, but it was honestly kind of noticeable yeah and uh so you know and doc kind of said before the game he's like we knew they were going to make one adjustment they're either gonna they're gonna do it less or they're gonna do it more even more so to to the point where it's a joke and what ended up happening was they did it less and that is how joe Embiid scored 36 points in on 18 shots in 28 minutes minutes. and it was as easy as it's been the entire season it was Reminded me of one of those games from like February. You just look up at the scoreboard at halftime. You see number 21 on the scoreboard and you look at his points column and the first number is a two next to it. And uh, he just, 
I mean, poor Daniel Gafford. He had to play a lot of one-on-one against him. And Daniel Gafford is a, uh, I, I actually think like, I, I say this a lot about players against Embiid. He's in like the, the Robert Williams category. Yeah. He's in the, these young bigs who I think are either already useful players or like going to be exciting, yep. useful players in the modern NBA. But there is one guy that Jared they Allen a couple years ago, Jared Allen. Yeah. Good, good player. He's probably going to get paid a decent bit uh, this uh, this offseason by Cleveland. All of these guys are are good players who I like. I like to watch. They got no shot against this guy. And and Daniel Gafford, it's it's even worse too because having an insane level of activity and a little bit of like crazy quick twitch and and being willing to block everything that's even worse because then the ball <laughs> fakes and the fouls come and it's just. And, and then, you know, they get a couple fouls and you have plays like the uh, Embiid had one at the free throw line where he just drove around Gafford and did like a reverse layup from underneath the basket. Whew, it, uh, yeah, just a, I mean, they single covered him and it, it did not work. No, he could have, he could have dropped 50 if he would have played long enough and cared long enough. Um, then again, he is only averaging 2.7 points per game in the fourth quarter. He's not clutch this series. Uh, that's something he'll have to fix going forward. They're, they're getting this. I mean, look, we said to be this. clear. To be clear, I want everyone to know that was a a joke. He's played, I think, like five minutes in the fourth quarter combined. Think about this. We we said that this was maybe going to be the case going into the series. He hasn't played 30 minutes yet the entire series. This is <laughs> yeah. like load management all over again. Yeah. What, what what is he averaging here so far? He's he's averaging twenty nine or twenty eight minutes per game and twenty nine point three points per night. <laughs> Rich, they are outscoring the Wizards by twenty two point seven points per game with Joel Embiid on the court in twenty eight minutes. <laughs> Dude, I don't even think he played that well defensively until last <laughs> night. I, I I mean, some of the shots he hit last night were. Not to say that we haven't seen that this entire season, but man, he had the, he had the fadeaways, he had the spins, he had a, yeah. a, a, the, the touch was on last night. <sighs> he's good. Yeah, he's he's not bad at basketball. He's you know not bad at basketball. You know, he's not good though. The Wizards. You know why? They're, they're, they stink. They yes. stink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that that. If, third quarter like they had that brief run in the first quarter where they brought it back from like 15 to 8 uh, and then the Sixers pushed it to the you know a little bit to halftime and then they came out in the third quarter blew their doors off um, so, somebody uh, who has more time on their hands should figure out like how much they've been up by on average in the second half of these three games it's got to be like 22 points like the average margin of, of difference uh in the second half, it's got to be like 22 points. It's it's insane. Like if you go each minute, like minute by minute, they've never been close. It's it was it was such an offensively dominant game from them that we're talking about Embiid. We're talking about all the threes. It felt like Ben Simmons had the same first quarter that he had in the last game, yeah. and that was the big story. But just because everybody else started making shots, it kind of gets swept under the rug a little. And bit. I, I thought I thought Doc made a pretty good point. And I think sometimes Doc goes into like support his player cheerleader mode a little too quickly. Absolutely. But I thought this time it was true. Like I thought Ben early on set the tone and his aggressiveness and willingness to drive uh, collapsed the defense a little bit. And then they started helping off the shooters. And then the six shooters, especially in the starting lineup made every shot uh, they had. And then that opened things up for Embiid, And he just went to work and 
Washington made the decision that they weren't going to double as much and leave the Sixers shooters who were already making everything and who were already open. So maybe they should have doubled because the Sixers were getting any open shot they wanted on the perimeter anyway. But it, it, I, I do think Simmons set the tone. He did a lot of his damage early. You know, I think he made seven shots. I think three or four of them came within the first like three minutes of the game. Uh, but I thought he did set the tone and, and the Sixers pummeled him, pummeled him. I feel like he's scoring a lot ridiculously early in games in this series. I mean, I think the the first game of the series, what did he have? Six points at the end of the game? And yeah. two of those buckets came right away. And the only other one he had was the uh, the tip slam in the, uh, in the second Which half. Which was a real nice tip slam. It, it was nice, but when it's your only points the rest of the game after the the first couple, it, it's certainly going to stand out. But, you know, and then he does the uh, the major damage at the beginning of game two as well. Yeah, he, he has come out and played very well. Um, the, what was I thinking of with him? He, uh, oh, well, there's the one negative is that he missed his two free throws. So now he is, he's 0 for 9 from the free throw line this series. That, uh, look, if the game is out of hand early tomorrow, they need to get him in-game free throw shooting practice. Yes, for Scott Brooks, hack a Ben. If you're down by 40, hack a Ben. Uh, not because it'll get you back. But we need some some practice for or ben, or for sure. Doc Rivers like call post ups and tell Ben just try and get fouled like, honestly and that's that's what we're doing and we we don't care if you score or not but we need you to take like six to eight free throws in a yeah. game and see the and ball go in the hoop because it's it's look kind of mental right the now free throw like. shooting is a a concern uh, yeah. nothing right now is a concern because that Rich <laughs> is that is that a good team. No, they stink. No, that, they stink. So nothing's really a concern right now, but you get to the conference finals and look, you know, one of the things to take away from this first round, Milwaukee looks real good. They look damn good um, with the way they dispatched Miami. Uh, that conference finals, whoever gets there is going to be a real tough matchup. And I don't want to look too far ahead. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the Hawks, if they do end up winning, the Hawks are up two to one. And as we recorded this, if the Hawks do win, I think they will challenge the Sixers more offensively. I think they'll have a more competent half-court offense. I think they have a big in Capella who has a little more of a prayer of at least standing Joel up a little bit, or at least not getting bulldozed over. So I think they could be a little more scary. I think the Sixers should still win it in five. But if even if it is an easy second round, you've got a real tough challenge there in the conference finals. You need some of these. You need to. You need some of these small areas like Ben's free throw shooting to uh, to get better. Yeah. I agree with you on the Hawks. I think, uh, especially with Trey and all those shooters, and then the key piece is Capella, who is a very good defensive player and is also a big boy, which... And a like, good like, role man, too, which works real well with uh, Trey. That can give Joe some trouble, too, with his ability to get up. Um, I, I still think Joe should put him in foul trouble yeah. most of the time, which, again, but but I will say that is there is a difference between Gafford... Rob Williams, yeah. all these guys. Capella has more of a shot to uh, yeah to play with Joe. In I was just gonna say, like like getting Capella sense. in a, in a, in foul trouble would be a you know a key to a series. And I just it just dawned on me like how nice would it be to actually like come up with keys to the series? Because right now there is no key to the Wizards series. Like even if Don't Washington takes something away, like the Sixers have eight other ways they can go. There's no individual key that really truly matters. Yeah, don't get hurt. That's the goal. And, and 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 by the way, that was compared to game two, which had some minor scares. Game three was a resounding success in that regard. Yeah. And and Curry and, and Harris came back. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The Hawks. We'll, we'll see what happens. That that MSG crowd is is pretty crazy. But 
Uh, I've been saying this for a while. As much as the Knicks have been a good story this year, I don't think they're scoring more than like 90 points. What is it you said a couple weeks ago? Like a good story in a regular season means the team you want to face in the second round. Yep, exactly. We are usually pretty good about that. We are a professional podcast, but not today. today. We are are the Washington Wizards of podcasts today. The uh, Double check my phone now. I'm going to leave this one in. I usually cut shit like that up. This one's staying in. What do you, uh, what, what'd you think about that Miami series? I mean, Milwaukee looks, I, I think there's a chance Milwaukee, Brooklyn next round could be the finals. Yeah. No, I mean, especially when you start looking at the West and some of the teams aren't maybe quite as strong or at least quite as certain as we would have expected coming in. Uh, that is going to be, that, that might be the key series of the Sixers playoff run, which is not of the run to the conference finals, at least, which I don't want to be dismissive towards. Atlanta or New York, but that is the one I will be paying a lot of attention to. Um, yeah. They are a good team. They're a uh, diverse team. Like they can beat you in a number of ways. They can beat you on both sides of the court. And with the uh, Eastern Conference, there's not many teams we can say that about. They're 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 a better team than they were last year. I think people slept on them a little bit because the regular season record wasn't what they expected. Maybe Giannis fell into the back burner a little bit because he won back to back MVPs and people didn't see the playoff success, but they are a real good. And I mean, we said it all season, like Drew makes them more dangerous. Um, Drew's so good. He's so good. He's so good. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Speaking of Drew, uh, Jimmy Butler, not not the best series no. of his career. And I will say, like, as much crap as Jimmy is taking right now, he did have an excellent regular season. But yeah. and he did that despite I think he got COVID early on and, and, and had some some trouble. So that that should be pointed out. I will say, though, that a lot of the pronouncements about. Oh, look at Jimmy. He went to the culture club. He. He's playing with some dogs now. All those losers in Philly, they got no shot anymore without him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The table's a turn a little bit. Yep. It's, I, I do think like it is much, the, the bubble, you could not make major pronouncements. I, I made that point a lot last year. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm a little guilty of this as well. Like we were pretty down on where the Sixers were as a team and they have, 
I have no idea how they're going to do the rest of the playoffs, but they've probably exceeded expectations to uh, to this point and kind of how they are are set up. But the amount of like rash decisions and online, like the takes that were made from that crazy bubble season, you probably didn't need to react quite to that level because I mean, I think it was so to, unique. I think you needed to react like Daryl Moore reacted. We say, all right, Josh yeah. Richardson, Al Horford, not going to work. Just not good fits. Let's fix that. Let's rectify that. And then let's reevaluate um, where we stand. And I think that's fair. And I, I was asking uh, last night, like, you know, what do you think Brett Brown's thinking when he watched this? I think he's thinking like, gosh, I could have really used some freaking shooters like that. Um, <laughs> Seth Curry, Danny Green, I think would have, uh, it, it's, it's a much cleaner fit and it's not a earth shattering revelation. Um, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Did it, you hear it, it? It, it's fair. It's fair though. Like overreacting to a, unique circumstance that will never, ever, ever repeat again. Hopefully knock on wood was probably not super wise. Speaking of, of Horford, did you hear Ben Simmons comments about it? And also speaking of dogs, cause that was the, the term Ben Simmons used last night. Did you hear him like wax poetically about Dwight and Danny's competitiveness com- seemed like compared to the guys and the veterans that were here in previous years? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I read it the same way. Um, Al Horford, really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, Al Horford's such like a quiet kind of leader, I think. Look, Al Horford was a part of some really good teams, part of some really good defenses. Uh, I think he probably has a unique style of leadership, and he just didn't fit. Just didn't fit at all. Yeah, but, you know, some of those Boston teams at the end went haywire. Oh, they went haywire. They went absolutely haywire. That's fair. That that would be an interesting one to look into. I think Horford is probably just not a culture setter. He's a... Whatever the culture is around him, he probably just blends in. Well, that's, but, but I do think like when he shows up at a team, it's like, look at this veteran presence here. He, you right. know, he'll show people how to play. And I think it's no, like you, you better have a culture like ready. You, you have expectations set because I, I don't think he's, uh, he's grabbing the bull by the horns and, and making it what he wants it. He to. doesn't know. He doesn't change it in either direction. It's just, yeah. he's just, He's there and he does his job and he does it professionally, but he's, he's there. He is present. Yeah. I don't know how many super hot takes I have on this game. It was, uh, it was garbage time. Garbanzo beans time from the mid third quarter on. Maxi uh, got some run over Milton in the first he half. Did. He did. He came in. Uh, I, I don't know if he came in alongside of cork or like within a minute or two of cork, but they came in right at the same time. Milton came in after that. Um, Milton even played in the first half or was the only second half? He did. He got, uh, he got yeah, the, he got a little bit of the maximum Memorial minutes, the right first, like the last two minutes of the first half, they put him in because I, I guess Seth or Danny had played a, a long stretch at that point, which again, doc going to the 11 man rotation yep. early on. And guess what? It doesn't matter. You know, well, why? you also got Paul Reed and Isaiah. Wait, wait, Joe wait. In there. You know why? You know well, why it didn't matter? Cause they stink. Cause they stink. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have any bench players playing super high minutes. Um, I, George Hill is probably playing, what, 18 to 20, and that's her highest usage bench player. Uh, but you, he is continuing to go pretty deep into that rotation. Um, he's consistently giving Furk on, and um, even Shake still gets minutes, even if it's less than what we would have expected. Um, he's going consistent 10 or 11 deep, which I'm surprised at. Uh, there wasn't all five bench unit there on the lineup for a little bit. Um, we'll see whether that changes either the depth or the, the all bench units when the games get a little more competitive, but they're not right now. So why tax your starters when you have, um, the option not to. And doc said that he put Maxi into that, uh, normal bench rotation over shake because 
the Wizards made the starting lineup change where they went Bertans for Neto. So with Neto on the bench, he said, all right, they have more guards and we want to match speed for speed. I'm not sure I believe that. I think Also because lately Shake is not playing well and Maxi's playing better. Shake is just straight up in a funk right now and Maxi is playing better. I am, uh, maybe, maybe we'll see it next round when there isn't a, uh, that type of matchup. I mean, I, I guess it, it plausibly makes sense, but to me that, that felt like a cop out for, uh, it is the explanation you use if you have to make a change, but you don't want your player to be mad about the change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shake Milton so far this series shooting 16.7% from the field. Not a, uh, not they super even, great. And they put him in at the end of these games to try and get him some rhythm. And it's just, it's still not even working. He's the he's the one guy who's <laughs> who's having trouble scoring against his team. Which uh, Furkan, Furkan too a little bit. That's true. A little bit. Uh, yeah. So it was a. Uh, I mean, it was a laugh. It was that was a regular season game. You had B ball Paul. What do you what do you get? Five minutes at the end of the game. Yep. So the the, the Sixers top five, top six players in terms of field goal attempts are all shooting over fifty percent from the field in this series. With three of them, Embiid at 67.4%, Simmons at 61.8%, and Danny Green at 61.1%. Actually, four of them. George Hill at 60 on the dot, shooting 60% or higher. I I mean, Danny Green had a couple stretches of that game last night where he was phenomenal. Where, uh, you know, I know he played off Westbrook a lot, and Westbrook made a couple of threes, but... You know, he, he he made some off-ball plays on defense, and he was just on fire. The Maybe the highlight of the game, besides the Embiid dunk, was the, the heat check 32-footer he took uh, after he had made a couple that missed so badly that the Wizards guy botched the rebound. Remind but me you a know little what? bit of that game when you needed Danny Green to be the point guard. And yeah. just like, I'm going to dribble up into this. All right, fine. Go for and, it, Danny. And in fairness, like, okay, maybe he doesn't take the that extent of that shot, but he does like that shot, like the, yeah. the dribble pull up three pointer. That's a tad ridiculous for somebody like Danny green to make, but I am, uh, I am all for taking a heat check when you make, I mean, he must've made three in the, the previous three minutes. So that's, that's fine. And yeah, Danny green, uh, continuing to play well. Yeah. Like you said, the, uh, the injuries, you know, Seth and Tobias Seth was questionable or probable coming into the game. Again, they were playing against horrible competition, but it it didn't look like those ankles were uh were bothering those two guys that much. So that's uh that's good moving forward. Um Yeah, I, I don't I, I think I've almost exhausted the the stuff I could say about this game. I mean, there, <laughs> you know, it's funny like the uh some of the national podcasts, you know, you listen to they spend like maybe a minute or two on this series when it's they're boring. giving it's a boring series. When they're giving 30 minutes to the Hawks and the Knicks, which that's fair. The Sixers will get their 30 minutes when there is a more competitive series. And I, I guess that's I, I'm sure as uh as fans like you guys are all delighted. You you should be. It's, it is uh, a boring, low stress, important win. For for a fan base whose blood pressure seems to rise for close regular season games, to to have an easy breezy playoff series, it's it does seem like it was like five minutes ago when we were on the other end of the spectrum against the Celtics. And yeah. it's like no matter what they did, they 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 just didn't have a chance. Um so for the tables to have turned this quickly, it is surprising. Uh but that team stinks. I I think somebody had a it, it might have been AU. He had the 
a tweet last night looking at the Game 3 box score of Sixer Celtics. Embiid shot 7 of 20, I believe, in that game, and he had the highest field goal percentage on yeah. the team, so which which goes to show, like, we're living in completely bizarre world compared to that right now. And uh, it just goes to show, I, I think what this season has taught me more than anything is things can change in, in a year. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of weird stuff. I, I know COVID year, and everything. That was like, what, September? Yeah. No, nine, August, August. Nine months ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're living in two completely different worlds now. I, you know, if if you told us in August when we were, I mean, some of those pods were pretty, pretty dark, pretty dark, pretty, pretty, dark. pretty feisty. A couple of them, pretty sad. Some other ones that we would just be laughing at the first round opponent right now. It's uh, that that's cool. I I think uh, <laughs> you guys should enjoy this. So you you know what part of me wonders? I I kind of hope for the Sixers' sake. Because because I do think Brooklyn and let's see if they take care of business in Boston. Tatum had that great game the other night. I think Brooklyn and Milwaukee could be such a high level series. I wonder if the Sixers just kill the Hawks in the next series. The, the jump in competition is going to be pretty steep there. Is that yeah. going to hurt? The, you know, is is it the rest versus relative rust? You know, rust in terms of just not playing the best uh, best competition possible. I wonder what that jump is going to be because, I mean, this is great. They they looked awesome last night, but they are playing. I mean, those were that was a joke how easy they were running offense in that game last night. Yeah, and like what happens when they get to the conference finals and their first, second, and third option can't score at will? Like what happens when their their half court offense turns into the half court offense it was for most of the season, which is occasionally great, frequently frustrating. Like, do they have the counters to pull out a win against the? Bucks or the Nets? It's a very fair point. We won't get to address it for a couple of weeks um, because the next team might not stink, but they'll be overmatched. I'd I'd like to see the Hawks in the next series. That I yeah, think that, that would be a much more. Oh my God, playing against the Knicks for five or six games would. Uh, when people say like '90s basketball, it would be in all the bad ways. That would that would not go six games, man. They're they're just they're not scoring against them at the. Did I say I, six? I thought I said five. Anyway, I haven't made a prediction yet. It's not official, so don't hold me to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you off the hook on that one. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think, like, playing against the Hawks. I mean, it's so it's so funny that we uh, we come into the playoffs worried about the Sixers being able to score in the half court, but their first round matchup is, I, I don't know what they're scoring in the half court, but it's a million. It's, it's a million points per game in, in the... In the half court, the uh, it, it really I just seems... looked it up it, it, on cleaning glass. It did actually say a million. Yeah. Nice, nice. It's so simple when the shooters are making shots and Embiid can pass out to them easily. It's yeah. so simple. It's just if they guard Joel one on one, he scores. If they double him, find the shooters and they make the threes. Yep. That's what made last year's team so frustrating. Like Al Horford would pump fake and pass and then josh richardson would pump fake into a contested long two and i'm just Ugh. like guys you're making this way and look josh richardson obviously isn't a great catch and shoot shooter but you're making this way harder than it has to be way harder the wizards by the way seth is letting them fly this series it feels like yeah. he's he's really not passing up too many open looks now maybe he's passing up open looks to pass to danny green who is right. even that's more okay. wide open that's, that's okay. fine yeah. but but in terms of like is he having a re- record scratch moment, which he should not be having. No, no, I'm not really seeing that that much. And in fact, 
he has taken a couple like aggressive step back threes, which, you know, obviously I don't think that's the greatest shot in general, but it's in some ways it's a good sign that, yeah, that he's, it means he's, he's feeling confident. confident. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of confident, Embiid had a had a pass to Curry at the end of the game. This is when you know that things have officially gotten out of hand. I think it was the last play of the game where Beal went to double him. And Embiid in his office on the on the left block, he might have dribbled through his legs four times in a row on Gavin. <laughs> it was like hot sauce on N one street ball. And I mean it, that was that was the dribble of a supremely confident guy. Yeah. And then he fires a uh a kick out pass to Curry, who of course drills the three. Do you know why he's confident, Rich? Is it because they stink? That team stinks. And Joel Embiid does not stink, so you should he should be confident. He should be confident. All right, I think we've probably dropped enough that team stinks here for one podcast. Uh <laughs> perhaps they will sneak sneak out a win and we can bring it back to Philly and watch a, a no. sold out and a sold out Wells Fargo Center. Uh the Sixers, the Philadelphia restriction on indoor events ends on June 2nd. Which I believe is that is that when Game Five is scheduled? I think that's the exact day Game Five is scheduled. I should yep. probably know that since I'm covering it if that game actually is played. Uh, but perhaps we will see a sold out arena for Game Five of the Sixers versus Wizards. But if not, we will definitely see it for the next round. So thank you, Rich, for jumping on, and we will talk to you soon. See you, man. Team stinks. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.